Good afternoon, mailing crew. Live from the rainy, dreary, cold, just all-time soup weather day. We are the Mailin Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Merriman. To my right, the lovely, um, the one and only, Sally DeFreeze. Sally, how are you? It's really chucking it down out there. What does chucking it down mean? Well. We, are we workshopping that one? No. The real Paddington fans. Mm. The real Paddington heads, if you will, will know what I'm talking about. Got it. Okay. I, I have not seen either Paddington 1 or 2. Okay. So Fritz is newly obsessed with Paddington. Which nice. Is a nice respite because, as I've said before, we're a home alone family, which mm-hmm. was getting a little old, like mm-hmm. mid March, mm-hmm. and I was worried that it was going to make me hate the movie. So I was like, "We got to find something else." So I tried out Paddington Two. Paddington Two, I think, is like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, maybe ninety nine. Really? Okay. Yeah. You can fact check me on that if you want. I, I think it's it's way high up there not that i don't trust you just for i'm just doing some listener context here uh paddington 2 rotten tomatoes we're working with a 99 okay i saw paddington 2 before i saw paddington 1 you don't have to see them in order to know what's going on it's a cute ass movie but in the first movie they are talking about how londoners have like a hundred different ways to say it's raining. Mm. And he writes a letter to his aunt, Aunt Lucy, and he says, so far, it's rained, it's poured, it's chucked it down. Ooh. So I'm going to start working some of those into A little bit of a callback. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I, I, I might not use it in my vernacular, um, depending on how much rain we get. We, we certainly need it around these parts. It's currently chucking it down, though. Like, it's a full-blown monsoon. It is. And well, it has been for the last... Usually rain comes in... in spurts or bursts here mm-hmm. uh it has been just non-stop pouring for a good 12 to, to 14 15 hours at this yeah. point which, which which is nice it's fantastic some nice rumbly thunder nothing violent but it, it's it honestly been, made me want to not record and like stay at home and be in my bed there's there's a drear with the masters is on right now as mm-hmm. we speak there's some sort of like I want to be on my couch curled up in a blanket. Uh, it's it's also like 49 degrees. It's, it's just all time cozy. Don't want to be at work weather. weather and be at my house in my bed. But, but we have here. a podcast to do. Yeah. Uh, have you listened to your husband fill in valiantly for you last week? I have not. Okay. Do I need to? No. Okay. I thought he just did a great job. Okay. He you mentioned like that we need me? we need a like one segment every couple of weeks on the mail in where if you not necessarily throw him under the bus, but if you mention something that he does at home, he's he's like, I need a fact checked segment. I no. <laughs> you know why? Because he has three podcasts a week on Circling Back where mm. he throws me under the bus constantly and I have to just sit there and take it. I see. Like there's some whole bit about me ruining movies. Oh, because you ask questions. And I don't. Honestly, <laughs> if anything, I explain them to him. Because he, half the time I'll look over and I'll be like, do you even know what's going on right now? And I'll have Mm. to pause it and tell him what's happening. So no, he doesn't get to come in here and defend himself. Unless we're going to start dedicating one whole episode a month on (laughs) circling back to me getting to fact check everything he says wrong. I need one too, because I I get uh, thrown under the bus on circling back a lot as well. Given like just random things here and there. Like Bit Madness was like nine of my bits. Yeah. And I just... I think too, as a listener, when like, especially when the the guys like when they would do Bachelor or like Love Island, I'd be mm. like, God, how how are you getting this person's name wrong? Like you idiot! It's so like when you're listening, it's so easy to like want to scream like and be like, I want to call in like a radio show, and be like you did this wrong. But then at the same time, when you mm. and I are answering questions, there's shit I say, and then like later on, I like hear yeah. it and I'm like, oh, I didn't know what I was talking about. Sure. And it's not like, I mean, I don't have a computer in front of me. It's not like I'm like sitting there Googling like mm-hmm. what the correct Rotten Tomato capital, score of Paddington 2 is. Yeah, of whatever is. So. Hey, we, we do our best here. Give us here. some grace, so, you guys. Yeah. And we don't, we don't edit. This thing comes out pretty much raw every week. Very yeah. rarely are we like, hey, we got to go back and let's fix it. I think something. the only time we edit is like legitimate on ad reads. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's the only stuff. time we've ever edited stuff. That's because we're just we're honest. We want we want what's on the top of our head to come to your ears. Correct. And also, Randy has a lot of other things to edit too. And yeah, so usually, usually we're in a pretty. He good doesn't spot. really have time to like edit the shit that we're saying. Also true. Also true. But anyway, if you want to help us with editing, 
we don't we don't really have a position for you. But if you want to ask a question, well, that, then I I got some news for you. Yeah. Subscribe on iTunes, follow Spotify, uh, and hit the hotline number eight 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 three six two M A I L. That is eight 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 three six two six two four five. I promise you, I will get to the voicemails at some point. There's now a bank of them, and it, and now it's intimidating, which is the problem. No, um, we just need to sit down with like a bottle of wine and just go through. We, sh- you know what? Let's make we'll make a day out of it. That's okay. a great idea. Um, or we could just the the thing is we can't just like answer them raw without having listened to them first because some of them sometimes oh, people no. call and they like say something and then they like hang up because they edit it themselves and mm-hmm. then they re ask the question so we have to like look through them we can't yeah. just go oh they they will need to be screened but we can screen them with a bottle of wine yeah and then go from and there. then answer them with yes, a bottle of wine exactly. too exactly you know what you're speaking maybe anytime we get knocked off our our regular recording schedule and we have to record on Thursday mm-hmm. when it's like little friday or the pre-end as people yeah. have called it on the wash media comments i don't hate that idea okay here we go uh hit up the store hit up the youtube uh youtube.com slash mail podcast we'll be back for a video i believe next week is probably a good yeah, shooting for video to see our lovely faces again. I even did my hair this today. I I did too, but it is raining. It's chucking it down, so that's why we're not doing video. <laughs> is it chunking or chucking? Chucking. Chucking. Okay, because I know y'all do this thing in Texas where you can chunk it, and to me that means like messing it up. Yeah. But to y'all, I believe that's like throwing it. Like I chunked it over there. Like I I chunked it. Would you say like you chuck the deuce or you chunk the deuce? I chucked the deuce. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Dave says chunk the deuce. Chunk? I yeah. I don't know if it's a bit. Maybe I'm just like regionally. Maybe that is a Southern thing. I don't. I always knew. I always thought it was. And so. Do I, you think it's flip someone off or flick someone off? Ooh. You know what? Interchangeable to me. I, I think so too. I think I use flip someone off more. I don't even yeah. say that that much in my everyday life, but I think when I was younger, I said flick someone off. I think flip is probably the first thing that comes to mind. But yeah. if, I, if you said, hey, I'm going to flick him off, totally, totally know what you mean by that. Yeah, and I'm not going to like make fun of you for yeah. saying it. Where I think I'm right on the chunk versus chuck thing is is everybody's favorite dog toy, the chuck it, uh-huh. is not called the chunk it. Yeah. It's the chuck it. The chuck it, mm-hmm. yeah. What a, what a piece of engineering that is. It's great. How much do you think Save that guy's worth? Chuck it, inventor net worth. Here we go, Sally. Chuck Hull invented the Chuck it. Oh, so it's not. He's not even talking about chucking something. He's his actual name is Chuck. Well, now I'm like, that, that throws a wrench that, in things. That actually weakens your argument about chucking versus chunking. Damn. Well, it says he's worth twenty million bucks. Good for him. I'm glad he has made a. Uh, yeah, a, a, a good amount of money. That's awesome. Uh, anyway, let's get into some questions, huh? Let's do it. I'm Alan Crew. The Misses and I moved to New York City a year ago and absolutely love it. The only drawback is the amount of people we know that want to visit and crash at our place. I'm okay if it's family, of course, but the amount of friends that text or call saying they're planning a trip to New York City. And as to crash is getting ridiculous. My wife's friend recently asked to stay with us for five days. Uh, for some friends, or some, for some friends, we don't mind if they stay, but for others, it's frustrating to know you're just being contacted so they can avoid paying for a hotel. So, how can you tell people that they can't stay at our place without sounding like assholes? We need to bring back. We need to bring out your uh, your green light, yellow light, red light. Oh, the boundaries. Yes. Um, you just say. We're not in a position to host. Perfect. I think for me, the rule at this point, and it like this is totally like a twenty-four-year-old move, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, you're young, you're just out of college, your friends are living in fun cities, you're going to visit them. It makes most sense for you to stay with them because you're broke, and also it's just you. Sure. I think once you get past, the, especially when you have like a significant other that you're living mm-hmm. with, that's when you can put your foot down and be like, no one's staying with us. Yeah. My rule, I think, sorry, you were going to say Well, just New York City is is tough because a lot of the time, unless you're rolling in it, your place is about the size of the studio. Right. And so it it is not conducive for people to stay there. Like if you're expecting a bed nine times out of 10, you're getting the the couch or the floor. You know, there's, it's really not a conducive area. If you have a guest room, like 
a three bedroom apartment in Austin. It's it's a little different, a little but easier I still to get stomach. Yeah. I also think it totally depends on the length of time. Like one day, one night for me is like when now when I'm going to someone's city that like we're going to New York City in a few weeks. I like mm-hmm. contacted my friend. I'm like, hey, we're gonna be there. Love to grab dinner, whatever. But I'm never gonna be like, can we stay with you for four nights? Sure. Because we're old enough and we can afford to stay somewhere. But also, yeah. like, there's two of us and it's multiple nights. If it's, like, me for one night on, like, the way somewhere else, you know, like, I just have this weird transition period, I would, like, maybe ask. But mm-hmm. I, at this point, if we ask to stay with our friends and we've done this, like, me, Will, and Fritz have gone down to Houston to stay with friends. I always ask. I'm like, hey, you know, I know we're coming down for so-and-so's birthday party. Do you care if we stay with you? Mm-hmm. getting a hotel is absolutely an option for us i like just let me know yeah and i think most of my friends are comfortable enough now to be like oh absolutely come stay with us the boys will play whatever mm-hmm. or they'll be like hey no we just have so much going on it would be easier if you didn't sure i think that's okay to say especially like you're just you're married to be like mm-hmm. we're not really in a position right now yeah i think so i have a couple different opinions on this one I think there's a distinction, I, I, or I, let me even, distinction is the wrong word, but there's a situation where, like, if you're crashing at somebody's place, for example, like you said, a weird travel transition. Right. Maybe a layover is weird or something like yeah. that. Maybe your flight gets canceled and there's a snowstorm and you call up your buddy, like, can I just, can I literally crash at your right. place for a night? That is totally different than a stay, which... It's like a five ex- day. You're there for the work week. Exploitative. Yeah. Right. You're 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 taking not taking advantage because I know people do this and and it's in some cases it's totally fine and normal if you have a guest room or whatever it might be. It becomes a little you're taking advantage of somebody, especially when it's a smaller apartment. I'm sure in New York City with your with you and your spouse. Mm-hmm. It's not just me. You know, stag. Single uh, apartment, staying at like, your single friend's house, right? Yeah, just hey, I, I'm gonna hop on your couch for a weekend. We're gonna go get yeah. bombed. Like that's again a different situation. But this, it's tough. I think if you maybe if you have a house, for example, uh, mm-hmm. like if you live in the suburbs or yeah, I have buddies in Saratoga that have a house and a mm-hmm. guest room specifically for something like this. I still think two nights is probably a good like hey. If we're doing more than two nights, I, I'm one of them is gonna be a hotel. The exception here is if the host is asking you to stay. Of course. Yeah, of course. But I think this this was a problem with my friends who lived in big cities like this that people mm. wanted to visit. Chicago, New York, L.A. Honestly, Austin is becoming like that now. Yeah. Um, where people are coming. They want to make a trip out of it. I think, number one, if you are asking for more than one day, don't. Number mm-hmm. two, like like you said, New York – Probably even Chicago, mm-hmm. maybe LA, depending on where you're at. Sure. Like, you're likely sleeping on like a couch or an air mattress of mm-hmm. your friend. Then they're having to tiptoe around you, keep their house clean, make sure they have the fridge stocked. That's like a lot to ask of somebody. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifically of like the last time I was in New York, which was like, or not the last time, but few times ago, probably like 2016. Okay. Will and I are dating. Uh, My girlfriend, Kelly lived in New York with her husband Mm -hmm. and Will was going to go a day before I was. And so Kelly was like, oh my gosh, Will should totally stay with us. Don't make him get a hotel room. Like Mm -hmm. he stayed there for one night on an air mattress. And then like we had a hotel the rest of the time. Again, she offered Number two, it's like it's less than 24 hours, you know, because also yeah. you have to remember, I mean, like the person who lives in New York, him and his wife, like still have to go to work, still have to do their job, still have yeah. to like get up and do their normal routine at 6 a.m. with the dog or whatever. So when people are coming to visit, I remember one of my girlfriends who lived in L.A. post-grad was like, I just feel like I haven't had a weekend by myself because mm-hmm. I always have someone visiting where I'm like always having to be on. Yeah. And if you are hosting people, that's like makes that a thousand times worse. No doubt. So I think it's absolutely okay to just start putting your foot down and you have to start somewhere. So like next friend who asks, just be like, hey, we've had a lot of visitors lately. We just, we're not really in a position anymore mm-hmm. where we can. Yeah. And I think the one caveat I do want to add here is that if you're visiting like th- that friend specifically, if you're making a weekend with that friend, yeah. 
that's that can also be a little different. But if this this feels like I need I have a work conference for five days, can I crash at your place the whole time? Or even like I'm coming to see 20 of my postgrad friends who all live in New York, but I'm using your place as a home base. As a crash pad. Yeah. And I just it's one night opens up some doors. Yeah. Two nights max. You really have to to weave that situation carefully. Anything above that, I just hey, it's not gonna work. Yeah. Grab a hotel. Maybe one night if you want to crash here, you get in late, fine. But it's just we can't do an extended stay in my living room. And it's it's okay to be the person who starts putting your foot down because mm-hmm. eventually your friends are gonna get old enough to where they don't want to be in someone else's space. Like at this point in my life, I like I we stay with friends who have kids because it's convenient mm-hmm. and like the kids can play and stuff. Sure. And having a toddler in a hotel is like not as comfortable as like being in someone's guest room. But that's like when I know they have the capacity. Right. You know? Yeah. Capacity is a total if you have a guest room that you're like psyched about hosting people. Right. A totally different story here. But I'm but. like, if I'm going to New York, I'm mm-hmm. not calling my friend Ray. I would much rather be in a hotel room than like on her couch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Want to see her, want to hang out with her, love her. But like I can't, I need at 34 years old. Am I 33? 33. Oh I'm 33. <laughs> at 33 years old, I I gotta have like my own space. And eventually this guy's friends will get to that. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're younger, not making as much money. And he's gonna have to be the one to be like, can't wait to see you. Would love to grab dinner. These nights were available then, but unfortunately we can't host people. Yep. Totally get it. Uh, if you do end up staying over at somebody's place, though, and you want to leave a little, maybe uh, maybe help them out that week that you're there. Always bring a gift. Always bring a gift. And that gift could be the gift of butcher box. The gift of meat. The gift of meat. A freezer full of meat. A freezer full of meat that your boy is currently working with right now because I'm. it's about to be grill season in Austin, Texas, and I got a bunch of meat to grill. We like have a, bunch. a legit freezer full. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, like... As long as my freezer stays cold, I'm in good shape for months. Yeah. Months. Because I have friends over at Butcher Box. Uh, recently did some shrimp uh, that Butcher Box gave us. They were a uh, like a shrimp linguine kind of setup. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I, I replaced the, the pasta with bucatini, though. Yeah. Gets the hole going. And uh, let me just say this. Have you solid move. had their chicken nuggets? No. Okay, the chicken nuggets in the air fryer mm-hmm. for Fritz or myself or Will, mm-hmm. but mostly me and Fritz like my favorite thing. Really? Get your own Chick-fil-A sauce. Ooh. They're so good. Okay. They're so good. I'm going to have to do this. Yeah. With the Chick-fil-A and, sauce. And you know that like they don't have a bunch of additives, but they're legitimately so good and they're in your freezer. It's so easy. You just pop them in the air fryer. Done. Bada bing, bada boom. Here we go. Here's what you get with Butcher Box. High-quality meat and seafood that you can trust. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that is raised, crate-free and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones, and it's delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping always. You can customize your box, get exactly what you want in there, or you can pick one of their curated selections. It's amazing quality meat at an amazing value, and there's a deal. Ready for this, Sal? Get free chicken nuggets for a year. Wow. Are you kidding me? Sal, I just touted touted these nugs. That is my dream. Get free chicken nuggets for a year, plus 10% off your first box when you sign up today. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com slash mail-in and use code mail-in. Again, claim this deal at butcherbox.com slash mail-in and use code mail-in. Free chicken nuggets for a year. How about that? Unbelievable. Next one. Hey, y'all. Friendship question for you. What do you do about friends who don't put in the same amount of effort as you? I feel like I organize 90% of my get-togethers with my friends and I'm always the one reaching out, checking in, etc. I understand being busy. I work full-time, plus have a side hustle and a family, but after a while, it just seems like these people don't care. I've tried communicating with them about it, and things get better before going back to the status quo. What am I missing here? Thanks, and shout out to the whole WASH team. I think I'm guilty of this. As we get older and we have stuff and things, and you sort of expand your circles and networks. and This is just life. Yeah. There are the people like this person who 
are the ones organizing everything, who organized the group trips, who organized the group dinners, who probably took the lead on class projects. They have the reservations. They, they have the they reservations. They send the Vedma requests timely. And then there are the people who like don't like to lead and they follow mm-hmm. and they like to be told where to go and what to do. And I think... This used to really bother me when I was younger because I felt like, especially coming out of college, I was trying to like maintain my friendships and I would make an effort to call all my friends like every couple of weeks, just mm-hmm. catch up. And then a couple of things happened. One, everyone got busy and I would like get resentful of like people not making the effort with me. So mm-hmm. I'd be like, well, why am I going to make the effort with them? Okay. And then two, I realized there, when you have true, good friends. Mm-hmm. Sometimes even when you're bad about keeping up with them, you still pick up where you left off Immediately. and that's okay. Yep. Um, I, w- my group of friends in Austin is really bad about this. We are like terrible about hanging out. <laughs> we, the only time we get together is like once ev- there's like six of us once every couple months for someone's birthday. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, we all like see each other randomly. We all have kids. We all are like running in the same circles, but life gets the best of you and you are you get into your routine and you're just doing your own shit and sometimes like you're just none of us, none of the six of us are like the go-getter person. Sure. Whereas like my friends in Houston always see each other and it's cuz they have like two like planners. Mm-hmm. So they like make the effort. They have brunches, they have this, they have book club they have this and that because two of the girls are like keeping the the train going you know um that's just people's personalities and understanding that as i've gotten older has like led to a lot less resentment and hurt and feeling like oh they don't care about me it's not that people don't care about you it's that that's literally like some people are hardwired to be the trip planner Mm -hmm. and some people are hardwired to not and it, you like I used to be like these people are lazy da, 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 da. like they don't care about me no it's just that that's not the first thing on their mind right and as you get older you lose these sort of built in excuses to see each other whether it's elementary school whether it's uh, college classes mm-hmm. whether it's your roommate right like right. you sort of have this built in auto check in right um, that is gradually replaced with jobs and then significant others and right. then like so there's nothing wrong with this you're right that, that it's life do i wish i was better at it like keeping up and checking in absolutely um i think another thing i, I was going to mention here is that there's sort of a, a social anxiety that goes into this like if you haven't checked in with somebody in three weeks now you feel this sort of anxiety like oh if i don't check in now it feels like it's going to be too long. And if I do now, are they going to be like, hey, you haven't checked in in a while, so you feel like you don't. Yeah. And then it goes even longer. I I absolutely struggle with that and and suffer from that weird anomaly where the longer I go, the more hesitant I am because I know it's been a long time. So I get yeah. nervous about like a reaction. And I think that is the case for for people. And it's just one of those things where everybody's different. I'm one of those people, like you said, that can see a friend for the first time in five years or or connect with a friend for the first time in six months and like nothing's happened. Yeah. And or like no like no time has passed, right? And then I've also had stuff where personal life stuff where it's just like, hey, my mind's been on my my dad, right? Yeah. Or my mom for the last three weeks, like nonstop. Sorry for not checking in. I just I don't there I'm just on a different yeah. road here. And that's the other thing too. I had to realize that mm-hmm. it's like, it's so easy to make it all about you and like, oh, what did I do wrong? Why are these people not as go-getters as I am? And then it's like, people have shit going on that you don't know why they're not as communicative. Communicative. Cative. God, I think cative. Communicative. That's right. Communicative. Yeah, that's right. As you. And... You have to like let that person. I think it is important though to not get discouraged as this person's like writing in. It's like you, people like you have to exist, right? And I'm glad they do because it it does help get the train back on the track. But tracks. try not to take it personally. Mm-hmm. Keep reaching out. Keep being a good friend. Like just know that when your friends are not like 
intentionally being shitty to you. It's not because they're like, unless you just like have bad friends and they're shitty, but like someone not putting the plans in motion, that's not them not valuing your friendship. Mm -hmm. Correct. And, and the world needs the leaders and the go-getters to like make the world run. Mm -hmm. And the friend, the friend group and in the group text, like you need the initiator. You need the, you need the glue. Yep. And, and sometimes so you have go, to keep being the glue. Sometimes they go unresponded to or the joke, you know, just, but you need that. It's not a hierarchy, but you need those positions like yeah. in that team of friends. Just like you need a middle at the table. You need the people who are going to be the good middles, need who are going to make middle. the conversation happen. You need, I mean, this is me and Klein. We are the group planners. <laughs> yep, like if you don't have that person, it's, it's chaos. It's anarchy. Mm -hmm. So you, all of these people have a role. And that's the other thing. If everyone was a planner, then nothing would get done mm -hmm. because no one would agree on what was going on. So it's almost better that some people do hang back and don't do anything. Because if everyone was totally trying to agree. be the like the best friend contacting everyone all the time, it would be too too much. You'd be bogged down in red tape and bureaucracy. Yeah. So you need so you need this. You so the just spectrum keep being of, you of communicative. Try not to like find fault in it. Unless mm -hmm. somebody's like legitimately ignoring you sure. yeah. or like avoiding you. And then I think it's absolutely valid to be like, hey, I feel like you've been kind of avoiding me lately. But like, don't be upset that you're always the one calling to check in. Right. Yeah, I get it. And I think we can all, we can all be better. But, you know, this is like the, 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 the myth of the bad texture thing. Yeah. Which I... I understand, like if it's a girl guy situation, it's somebody's probably not as into somebody as you might think. Uh, if it's a friend situation, it's usually there's like a. For me, it was an anxiety thing. Yeah. Uh, I was. I'll get to that text or that text. I, I don't have the the emotional have the capacity. capacity to to really sit down and think through this. Yeah. Um, and so I just think there's it's it's very situation by situation. It's not always black and white, especially yeah. when it comes to friends. It's always a spectrum. Let's do the next one, Sal. Good afternoon, uh, boys. This was to me and Will from last week, but good afternoon, boy and girl. Sally. I got married last year and famously wrote in about the 10 days in Cabo. Sounds like a rom-com. Uh, Sally, thanks for all the recommendation. We just now closed on a house in the Heights. Shouts to H-Town. Uh, I feel like next year we will, be we will end up having a child. It feels like back-to-back-to-back -back -back life accomplishments, and I'm curious if Sally or Brett, y'all know how to handle trying to remain normal while so much around you is changing. I still get out and have as much fun as I can, but I'm 30 now, and so much of my life seems to be different than it was five years ago. Thanks. I'll shut up and listen. Another life um, You just change what your normal is. Mm -hmm. Uh I think the biggest fear about having a kid was like, how is this going to like change what we do? Sure. And for us, it was like a slow progression of like really stopping going out. I Not with Fritz. Before Fritz, it was like, and this also helped because we had the global pandemic, but like kind <laughs> of like, okay, we don't go out as much. We're, you know, like we like to stay in a little bit more. We're not really having as many nights out. Um, mm -hmm. then it was like, okay, well now we have a kid, so we have less nights out. And actually I would argue maybe now that he's a little older, we have probably more nights out. Um, you just, it becomes your new normal. Mm -hmm. Like you, you figure out, you know, especially if you're the first one of your friends to get married or you're the first one of your friends to have a kid, um, you probably, it feels the least normal to you because you're not like you're changing faster than everyone else. But right. if you're kind of in the middle or the end of the pack of people getting married or having kids, then people have already done it. So you kind of are just going with flow of what they've already done. Mm -hmm. um, I think you just, you decide what's important to you and you keep making it happen. So for Will and I, especially once we got kind of out of the newborn fog with Fritz, it was like, okay, we got to keep date night. We, like we gotta still see friends without our kid. We mm -hmm. we need to see friends with our kid. So now we have a good mix of like, okay, we get a babysitter, we go out on date night, or we go out with another couple, or out on a Friday. And then some nights it's like, oh, we're gonna bring Fritz and go with Dave and Alyssa and Rhodes to Matt's because mm -hmm. that's the easiest thing to do right now. And that it's just the same thing as like 
when you were 22, your life is probably vastly different than what is it, what it was at 30. It's just those things change organically. Yeah. And it feels weird, especially if you're if it's happening for, to you for the first time or maybe you're the only friend. You know, like I think probably our friends who got married first were like, whoa, this is a change because like a bunch of my friends are still going out, like meeting guys, whatever. Sure. And I'm at home married. Um, or the first one to have a kid was like, oh, shit, none of my friends have kids. Like, do I leave this thing at home? What do I do? <laughs> but you just figure out what works for you and you that becomes your life. Right. And I think there's a thing here, too, where it's this is normal. And I think like credit to you for sort of being introspective and being able to look back and say like, oh, like this is different. This feels different. This is yeah. now like this is I still enjoy this. This is fun, but it is totally different. Yeah. And that's okay. And it's it's normal to also lament your old life. Like I remember or when miss I was it, right? like, pregnant with yeah. Fritz and being like, we're never going to just like pick up and like go on a spontaneous vacation. Mm -hmm. First of all, I was like never really doing that. So I don't know why I was like lamenting that. Sure. But also that hasn't like stopped me from like wanting to go on vacation now that I have a kid. You know, I think it's normal to look back, be like, oh shit, like before I was married, I just like did all these trips with the boys. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe like for the first few months while you're like readjusting to that life, you mm -hmm. don't have a bunch of trips with the boys. But then like I know friends now who like go on more trips with like girls or boys or bachelor parties or whatever than they did pre being married. Mm -hmm. And it's just yeah, like, I think you, people get caught up in, in like, whether it's the, the way movies depict things yeah. or the way friends depict things or Instagram depicts things. It's like, Oh, that, that's going to be, that's going to be me. That's yeah. going to be what I go through. That, that's going to be exactly how my life shapes out. And that just doesn't happen like that. You, yeah. you tailor your life and your life events and your life, progression to you and your your family and your situation and your kids and your dog and like it's all different for everybody the best way to explain this is i feel like every year in march in austin mm -hmm. like the weather gets pretty nice and like it's like sunny it's 78 degrees you're like i want to go outside and day drink mm, like mm -hmm. and i even remember calling will like a couple weeks ago and i was like i just want to like be outside go yeah. have a drink somewhere and thinking about that, I was like, damn, like a couple of years ago, we would be unencumbered by Fritz. Like we could go wherever we want. And then I'm like, you know what, though? I actually, we could just bring him and it'll be fine. We'll go somewhere, which is what we did the day that I called him. But then like, same thing. It's like always like I get this like itch, like it's about to be summer. I want to be outside. And so I was like, we went to match play and mm -hmm. I was like, man, a few years ago, like match play was like my jam. Like I wanted to be drunk. We'd I was going to be here all day. Like, and literally I went and I was like, I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> so it's just, it's normal to like feel those things of like wanting your old life, the nostalgia, and then either making it happen or accepting that maybe that's different from what you want now. Yeah. And, and a lot of the times feeling those nostalgic moments that might be a little, uh, maybe inflated, like memory-wise. Yeah. I, I feel like I still get the back-to-school itch around early September where there's like, a, ooh, I want to be like meeting friends. You know, I think that like you're, you're almost programmed from four years old yeah. to have that like seasonal thing. Yeah. And Christmas, same kind of deal. Like they, like I want, then I crave family time around uh -huh. the holidays. Like I think you're just kind of programmed. And, and then like you, you spend time with your family and you're like, God, I got to go home now. <laughs> like what a, you know. Right. And I think that's, you have a similar thing in spring where you're sort of programmed to be like, well, I want to get outside. I want to go play sports or, mm -hmm. or get in the sun or, or, or day drink yeah. or dage as we used to do. So, yeah. And I think it's just one of those things that as you progress, moments of nostalgia carry a little bit more idealistic weight then you maybe, put them on a pedestal right exactly yeah and you can always go back to them but then you go to this guy lives in the heights so maybe you go to drift or mcintyres and you go there and you're like man i used to get bombed here when i was 25 and and now i just kind of want to have two drinks and yeah and go home or go to el tiempo and get and some like go to sleep fajitas. yeah exactly After. yeah so but you know as life progresses you can still find routine 
Yeah. Right. There, there, there's there are things that can cross boundaries of becoming a parent, becoming a spouse, uh, becoming fat or skinny or or anywhere in between. Right. One of those things for me is athletic greens. I stick. Wow. To, I stick to that routine. That was a whole transition I didn't even realize you were doing. Well, way to go. It just it just happened. Might drop. Wow. So to speak. Athletic Greens is a daily nutritional supplement that I take every morning, one scoop in a glass of water to help me feel good. What is the stuff? 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. Blend it up. In a, into a powder that you scoop and put in your water, shake it up, down the hatch. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of the things. Sally, you mentioned your skin when it comes to athletic greens. Can you uh, explain that one? I honestly, since starting athletic greens and doing it every day, have been complimented more on my skin than ever before. No, like, and we know, everyone knows that I love a good skincare routine, mm-hmm. but skincare starts from within. You got to have like your nutrients, right? Skin from within, they say. Yeah. So, but on, I'm not kidding you. I like at least like a few people a week ask me and I'm like, I think it's athletic greens. It has to be because no matter what I was doing before, mm-hmm. like I am like legit not to toot my own horn, glowing, and people are noticing, and I it's because I have like nutrients that I actually need. You right. know what I'm saying? That you don't necessarily get from your diet regularly. Right? right. And that's where Athletic Greens is so helpful, providing those things that you don't always get. It's a micro habit with big benefits, and it's one thing you can do every single day to take care of yourself. Make my bed, pop down the Athletic Greens. Yeah. Boom, boom. One, two. Your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, by the way, which is so important to add uh, when we don't get as much sunlight sometimes, like a day like today, uh, that's where Athletic Greens comes in to help. So here's the deal. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your gut health and just regular health too. Yep. To, ma- to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D plus five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mail-in. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash mail-in to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Bada boom. Sally. Oh, my reading. You're up. Okay. Hey, Brett and Sally, I'm planning to propose to my girlfriend soon. We have been dating for four years, and she's incredible. Unfortunately, both of her parents have passed away, with her mom passing away in the last six months. This was obviously a challenging year, and I want to make sure the proposal and wedding are fun and exciting. A few questions. Do I need to ask her siblings for permission now that her parents are no longer with us? She has four four older brothers, and she's the closest... And one she is closest to, but I am honestly not sure what to do. Also, how do I support her through the wedding planning process? She's the only woman in her family, so I know that she will be missing the maternal support she probably needs. I am way out of my element, so any and all advice is appreciated. So as somebody who unfortunately is sort of in a similar position, I resonated with this question because it's kind of like a traditionally with a wedding situation. Mm-hmm. Uh the guy's parents are sort of on the hook for the rehearsal dinner, right? And the girl's parents are kind of on the hook for the wedding. Right. So I, I feel this person's um not I was gonna say pain. I feel this person's situation. Right. Um what I want to ask you is as a I was gonna say former bride, as a bride, what are you feeling when it comes to support from the mom in this situation? And maybe if you don't have an older sister, what like what what can you tell this person that you need from a support standpoint Mm -hmm. and how much would you appreciate him going to her older brothers kind of as like a de facto father in this situation? I absolutely think, um, asking the brothers for permission is like a kind, smart thing to do. Arguably a no brainer. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly think if you don't, you know, four older brothers. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but if she's closest to one of them, 
Like you can start with him first. Yep, I think that's you don't a have to call. like get all four of them together. They yeah. probably don't all live in the same place. Yeah, but starting with the one she's closest with, and like honestly, even feeling him out for like what he would think. Sure, that's I a mean, great idea. I think you can ask all four of them, but even her his opinion on like, hey, I know this is going to be hard for her with wedding planning and stuff. Do you have any ideas? Because maybe that brother is married to someone she's close with, or you know, maybe she's got a best friend that you can also kind of tell like who's going to be like a stand-in like sister motherly yeah. figure mm-hmm. um so yeah if she's got a if she's got a sister-in-law she's close to i think including her is smart um if not ask like a friend mm-hmm. or let a friend know be like hey i'm planning like her best friend planning on proposing to her really want your opinions and I really want you to like, I'm kind of asking you ahead of time to like be her support system. What do you think of this? And tell me if this is out of, out of my depth, I guess. This guy, he is the groom. Would you as the bride feel comfortable with his mom, maybe helping out with some of the more maternally designed things like a bridal shower or something along that nature? Or is that overstepping you think? Unfortunately, it totally depends on the relationship. Okay. I think there are some people who like their mother-in-law or future mother-in-law would be like a mom to them. Mm -hmm. And then there are other people who are like. It's a little more distant, but not necessarily. Right. Or maybe they don't even get along. Uh, I think (laughs) it's perfectly acceptable to tell your own mom like, hey, if you want to like offer to throw a bridal shower for Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to, you know, but she might not be super close with his mom. And if that's like trying to force that is not something I would probably try. Okay. But if, but if you're already close, then I think that that's perfectly appropriate. Got it. And that was probably something I would want to. Yeah. Um, I've had friends in this situation and they're like in-laws have like basically stepped in as that role. Sure. But then I've also had friends who like are not in this situation but want nothing to do with their mother-in-law and that's fine too. Like mm-hmm. I think – I mean you – he knows his soon-to-be fiancé best. So what I would do is absolutely ask the brothers for sure. Yep. Um, once it's done and you've asked her, I think getting like a best friend or a sister-in-law or a cousin or like whoever the closest woman is into her life involved – or even telling that person beforehand and being like, hey, I'm going to propose to Sarah. Like, I really want her to feel support. I know it's been really hard losing her mom. Mm -hmm. And I just, like, I want to make sure that she, like, has someone to, like, bounce ideas off of that I maybe can't be the one. Sure. And having, I think that means a lot, one, coming from him. But two, like, having, if somebody would have come to one of my sisters and said that, or, like, will, I think that would have meant a lot to them being like, okay, I'm going to really be there for Sally. You know what I'm saying? Of course. Absolutely. Um, And then even acknowledging with her after the engagement, like, hey, I like, you know, here's what my plan is for the wedding. Like, I want to pay for this. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, we'll pay for the wedding ourselves. Yeah, kind of track that because that's a whole other situation. That's Um, And then talking about like, you know, I want this to be a really special time for you. I know it's going to be hard without your parents. Mm -hmm. How best can I support you? Yeah. Because even asking, it's not, you have to, you don't have to read her mind. You just have to know, let her know that you're thinking about it. Totally. You know? And I think that's after the proposal like happens, that's like my first move. Yeah. It's like, okay, I know this is going to be unique and different and hard and fun and exciting, but also there's going to be days that are debilitating and you're just going to want your mom there. Yeah. And like, I know that feeling. And so it's just it's going to her and and really figuring out what exactly she needs from this yeah. process and then helping her piece together that team. And like so in your situation, like mm-hmm. if I were marrying you, it would be like absolutely a conversation where I'm like checking in, being like, hey, what are like some ways that we can honor your parents? And like also I know that probably having like you would have had your dad stand up there with you. Like totally, I know yeah. that's going to be really hard for you. Like how can we make this feel like more personal or like what can I do to support you? Because mm-hmm. you probably have already had feeling like thoughts about that. Totally. She definitely has probably already thought about like not walking down the aisle with her dad, mm-hmm. not having her mom there. 
And she's probably already made contingency plans that you don't even know about. So it's important to just check in and ask, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you, I don't think you or his future fiance would ever feel like, well, how did you not already know that? Like, no, of course not. So it's so okay. I think people are really scared to confront someone who is grieving or has lost a parent or mm -hmm. like, and bring that up. I think yeah. people are just like, it's uncomfortable for them. So, so they don't feel course. like they can do yeah. it. Mm -hmm. But honestly, that might be the best thing. Sometimes mm -hmm. you just need to talk about it. You know, I think that's as a, as a griever. Yeah. I, 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 I get the, the anxiety people have come over them. I get the kind of like the, Hey, we kind of tippy toeing. Yeah. The people that have helped me the most are the people that have been very direct or yeah. very, not like blunt is the wrong word, but very like, Hey, I'm, I'm in your circle. I'm in your corner. Yeah. Let's, this fucking sucks. Yep. Let's get, let's, here's how we're going to get through it. Yeah. And almost not, not pushing you, but like, hold, like kind of holding your hand, pulling yep. you along. And I think that's something you could do with your future fiance. Just like, Hey, I know we're going to run into tough days here. Yeah. I know we're going to, you, you probably have a million things in your mind that you don't have that immediate maternal like bounce back from. Yeah. So let me be a small piece of that because yeah. even though you're you're missing two of the most important people in your life, we're gonna put a team around you that's twenty five people you. deep. Hold you hold yeah, you up. That can that maybe they can't add up to what your parents could have given you here, whether it's emotionally, um dress, financially, you, you name it, across the uh, the gamut of wedding things, mm -hmm. but we can get damn close. And I think that's kind of your responsibility. Um, yeah. As the future husband here. But I'm I'm excited for y'all. And I'm not even, even asking this question, I think helps. Yeah. You're he's already ahead of the curve because mm -hmm. he's clearly thinking about it, which is important. Absolutely. Uh let's do the next one, Sal. Hi, Melon. Here's the short question. Am I an asshole for not wanting to eat the leftovers from my wife's cooking two to three times in a row? Here's the context. My wife is a great chef and she enjoys the art of cooking. She stated before that it's a stress reliever and she likes to try out new recipes regularly. Disclaimer, I'm the designated cleaner upper and in a way it's a stress reliever for me too. So it's one of uh, one way we can share chore responsibilities. We cook about three or four uh, times per week on average and I try to be very complimentary and I'm very appreciative of the meals. I'm not a picky eater and I never complain, even if something is not my favorite, because I know that would hurt her feelings. And again, I don't want to be an asshole. In our household, it's just these two of us adults plus our one-year-old toddler. However, sometimes she'll occasionally make enough food to feed a family of 10. This, of course, leaves a lot of leftovers. I can eat leftovers once, no problem. Maybe twice, depending on the dish, like a chili, for example. But I physically can't stomach a third time or more on most occasions. Anytime she notices that I don't take leftovers for lunch uh, for a second or third time, she gets offended and says, why do you hate my cooking? I always reaffirm how much I love her cooking and it doesn't matter what I'm eating or who cooked it. I just have a hard time continuing to mash the leftovers button over and over like a dog eating kibble. She, on the other hand, will eat leftovers over and over, no problem, because she doesn't want to be wasteful. On very rare occasions, do we throw out food because it's gone bad? Uh, I've asked her if there's any way to prepare less food, and she says, well, that's just what the recipe called for, which I understand, but would think there's a way to do uh, maybe half the portions. So any suggestions for me here? Do I need to start stomaching it to please her? Do I take the leftovers to work and just trash it? Uh, I'm all open for suggestions. Thanks for taking the time to read this one. You got to tell her. <laughs> you got to tell her. I mean, I, okay. This is this is probably at first I was like, is this Will like writing in? Uh, okay. Will famously does not like leftovers. He'll maybe mm. do it one one time. Okay. Again, totally depending on what it is. If it's chili, he'll have it one more time. Right. If it's something like you know keeps good, but if it's like a salad or anything seafood, he's no leftovers. Uh, no, seafood, no, no. I can't even do leftovers. Yeah, honestly, no, honestly, and. I, for me, it wasn't like a, oh, you don't like my cooking. It's more of a like, oh, I hate seeing food go to waste. Mm -hmm. But him being honest with me about it has like adjusted like, again, how much I make or if I make something and we make way too much of it is like where I'm like, okay, 
either if I don't want to see it go to waste, then I'm going to have it left over for four days in a row, mm-hmm. or I'm going to like offer it to somebody. You know, sure. like yeah, we've like one of my like favorite things to do is make like a shit ton of like chili or soup or whatever, and then the next day, like Will's like, okay, I've done it once, we're done. I'm not having soup four meals in a row. Sure. But I always tell our nanny, like, please have whatever for lunch. And then if you don't want anything, we'll toss the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe there's a situation where she can like take the extra food into work as a medical professional. Healthcare workers love getting food. So mm-hmm. if she like made a shit ton of like something that's not super perishable, take that yeah. into work, get rid of it. Um, but I think being upfront with her is important he's clearly like kind of already said like i don't leftover like leftovers but it needs to be like a hey love you love your cooking mm-hmm. happy to help clean up so happy that you cook for us mm-hmm. and all and so happy to do like a 24-hour rule yeah you know we have dinner we have lunch i can rock with that tomorrow no problem yeah he's like fine i i'll i'll give that or i'll, I'll concede there but when we're when we're rocking the same meal for the third time, yeah, I get that. I'm I'm not a, f- a fan of that, I, I I, but that, I understand where the wasteful kind of idea comes yeah. from too. But I get it. You, I mean, we just I just had to learn that. Mm-hmm. Will was like, the other thing is, we have very similar roles. I cook a lot. Will sure. does the cleaning. We have like, you know, if if I'm the one cooking, Will's really good about cleaning up. There are times that I miss the mark, like mm. and. Cooking for yourself is different because you're like, okay, this wasn't the best thing ever, but I'm going to eat it because sure. I'm hungry and I don't want it to go to waste. Cooking for someone else is a little tougher because you're like, oh, I oversalted this. <laughs> uh, sometimes I think Will and I have just gotten into a, you know, I think maybe the first couple of years it wasn't like this, but now that we're, we've been together for so long and we're comfortable with each other, we have a kid together. I'm like, yeah, I I fucked this one up. This is not good. Yeah. You can stop eating it if you want. Mm-hmm. That kind of takes some self-awareness probably from her. Uh, I, But I think it's important. It's like when you're married to someone and have a kid with them, you should absolutely be allowed to say like, hey, don't love having leftovers. Or you can also like tell them like, hey, this was not my favorite meal that you've ever made. Sure. It's the same way as like, wouldn't you tell your partner if like they were doing something in the bedroom that like wasn't your favorite? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that it, it's awkward to tell your significant other the love of your life, et cetera. Like, please do something not, differently. That's yeah. not flattering on you, like that. <laughs> but it's also important because yeah. who else are they going to trust to tell you? Right. You know, like our moms were that way. Like my mom will absolutely tell me, like, okay, whatever you're doing currently is not working for you. <laughs> But she's uh-huh. not there every day tasting my cooking. It's important for me to will for Will to be like, the, like he reinforces like, oh shit, like whatever you just made was so good. Like let's run that back. Yep. And then if I miss the mark on something, a lot of times I know, but it's okay for him to be like, this was not my favorite. Not going to be having leftovers. Absolutely. And I think you don't have to. I think it's important to maybe sit her down and be like, I don't want to hurt your feelings. I want us to be able to be open with each other. Leftovers aren't my thing. And as you become more open about that, then you can also become more open about like, Will's not a big zucchini guy. So when I make zucchini, he's like, I'm not going to eat that. And it used to like piss me off. And now I'm like, well, I want zucchini. You don't have to have it. So at least being open about the leftover situations opens you up to also being open about other things. Sure. Just so important to like, if you can't be honest with your partner, who are you going to be honest with? Totally. Have to. You You're have not to. dating this person. You have a child together. Yeah, you have a child, and we're we're married. We're in the same house. It's like, totally different for like you and your girlfriend. It's yeah. like, okay, you're still like in the process where you like if she makes you something, you can't be like, mm, not my favorite, didn't, didn't, not a big yeah. mushroom guy. But like, probably, I think the more you become comfortable with each other, the yeah. more you can be like, we should just be honest with each other. Yeah, and I I think the easiest way to go at this is he like. She says that, well, that's what the recipe called for. Well, you know what? Guess what? We're going to half the recipe. Yeah. We, and there's websites that do that. You just like, bloop, bloop, bump down the portions. It's very easy to half a recipe. Very easy. And you, then you save money too and you save food waste and you don't have leftovers four times in a row. But I come at it like, oh, I love your cooking. I'm so appreciative. Of course. Because yeah. I think that that is where the disconnect is, is when someone is making you something out of love, like mm-hmm. every time I make dinner for Will and Fritz, 
not only am I just like, cause I like to cook, I'm like, I'm doing it for myself and for sustenance, but like I made the effort. Right. Thank me for the effort. Of course. You know? Yeah. So lead with that. I'm so appreciative. Mm-hmm. Like you are so great for like trying it. You're such a good cook. I love that you're adventurous. I love that you want to learn how to like new recipes. I love that you make dinner for us and our toddler. I don't love leftovers. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to keep eating them. Yeah. Does not excite me. And I would rather just tell you so we can adjust recipes accordingly and you have good expectations than being offended when I don't take beef bourguignon for the fourth day in a row. Till till lunch. Yeah. And if you really want if you like you mentioned, if you want to uh, avoid conflict altogether, take them in and toss them at work. You could do that, but I think if I I like I really think Will, when we realize like we need to just be honest with each other, if I found out he was doing that, I'd be like, well, just fucking tell me. Oh, yeah. I I totally agree with you. You and know, I, I like I think it's better to just be honest. And that's even the easiest way to do this here is because it's it's not like a knockout, drag out conversation. Right. It's just an, a simple switch. Yeah. Boom. Um, speaking of simple switches, you know how easy Squarespace makes it to make a website, to build a brand even? So easy. So easy. So I easy. know this because that's how Will originally formed Sunday Scare. You're absolutely correct because Squarespace is an all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, content you create, and even your time. Will and, and, and Washed Media are built on Squarespace as a platform. Cause they it's are because it's easy. It's drag and drop kind of stuff. It's, but it looks good. It looks like you, right? It looks like you designed coded and, it yourself. and coded an, an entire website yourself. But it's just beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. So here's what you can do. With Squarespace, you have things like email campaigns, right? Email marketing is very important. You can collect email subscribers, convert them into loyal customers, start with an email template and customize it by applying your brand ingredients like site colors and logo with built-in analytics that measure the impact of every cent. That's what we do at Washed. Speaking of analytics, use insights to grow your business. Learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are most effective. Improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or your most popular products and content. And like every website needs in the digital age, you can connect your social media accounts. Display posts from your social profiles on your website and automatically push website content to your favorite social media channels so your followers can share it too. Basically, Squarespace is an all-in-one brand-building platform. You can sell things, create a, a Sunday Scaries or Washed, start a podcast, put it on there, anything you want to do. Anything. So here's the deal. Head over to squarespace.com slash mail-in for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code mail-in to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Again, head over to squarespace.com slash mail-in for a free trial and use code mail-in for 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Squarespace, helping us build Wash Media, helping you too if you want to. Yeah. Let's do the last one, so. Hi, Brett and Sally. Wow, Brett with one T. Brett with one T. Ugh, cringe. It's two T's out there. People. Sure is. I'm a longtime listener in need of some advice after being put in an awkward position. I have taken upon myself to plan an annual golf scramble where a group of friends all play a round of golf on a Saturday and stay the night at a casino hotel down the street that night. This will be my fourth year doing it, and the number of people attending has grown to 32 guys, which is already a nightmare to coordinate. Yeah. Now the issue while rounding up payments from everyone this past week, three of the 32 guys said they are planning to book their own rooms as their girlfriends are going to do a spa day while we golf and spend the night at the casino with everyone afterwards. This puts me in an awkward position because I know that myself and many other guys attending have specifically told their girlfriends and wives that this is a boys only weekend, which I feel it should be. I also don't want to set a precedent for this becoming a couples weekend as I feel like it takes away from the overall vibe of the event. Um, and asking for one night away from your significant other shouldn't be too much to ask. So my question is, can I explicitly tell them they can't bring their girlfriends? If so, what's the best way to go about doing this? Additional context, everyone attending is ages 26 to 32, and the resort is 50 to an hour and 30 drive from everyone attending. 
Okay, first of all. <sighs> this is tough. Uh, okay. I personally think that 32 guys is like so many to keep track of. That is a uh, – might as well be a billion. Yeah. It, it, the, the annoying thing is, okay, like if this is your best friend, mm-hmm. okay, because you're clearly not best friends with all 32 of these guys. Correct. If this is your best friend doing this, you're like, dude, we haven't had girls the past three years. Mm-hmm. I'm not bringing my wife. Your girlfriend's not coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the issue here is how close are you to the three guys out of the 32? You could you could barely know them. This could be 30. like a friend of a friend. Right. And it's going to cause an issue in multiple ways. Because one, the three girls who are going are going to other girls' friends and wives are going to find out and be Absolutely. pissed that they didn't get invited. Yep. Number two, like you said, you're opening up the, the door for this to become a couple's thing, which is then... At some point, 64 people, which is so absurd. That, uh, right. That's that's a that's a wedding event. That's like you're, there, there, too you're, much. No more on. reservations. No more – like you're, you're hosting a, an event. Number three, I think it makes some people uncomfortable, and we've talked about this at length on other episodes. Like I never want to be the girl who's at an, a guy's – only event like I th- I think I've brought this up on mail before. I have been in Vegas with girlfriends, like two other girlfriends, while mm-hmm. one of our college friends was there on a bachelor party, and like some of the guys reached out to us like hang out, and I'm like no no yeah one I'm like friends with your wife or soon to be wife mm-hmm. two like I'm not gonna go like be on someone's bachelor party, and to me this is kind of the equivalent, and I'm not like shading these girls. They probably were like oh that sounds fun. I'm gonna go to the spa while y'all are playing golf. Sure. Um, I, I think you have two options here. One, you find if, if they're close enough to you, I think you say something. I agree. But here's, if, if I say he, you invited the guys. So like you're friends with the guy and you, so they're like, everyone's connected through Brett. You go to Brett and you're like, Brett, you're responsible for telling them that they're not allowed to bring wives and girlfriends. And I get so I, I I know there's probably somebody out there that's like why can't the like the wives go and I really there is something different about an all guys event that is you set a precedent for multiple years in a row yeah and it's just like it it is a different vibe no matter how like down to earth or chill a girl is it it also is like yes gender equality all that stuff but at the mm-hmm. end of the day if I'm on a girls trip to the spa. As much as Will fucking likes a spa, like if he's Guess there, he's not the going vibe to the spa. is it's different. Getting weird, and also, then all of my friends' husbands are gonna be like, "What the fuck? I wanted to go." Exactly, and exactly. I didn't go. I think the solution here is to nip this in the bud as quickly and like efficiently as possible. Now, I mean, I don't want to say the jam's out of the jar, but like, you got three of the thirty-two. It's ten percent. You're, you're, it's a slippery slope from there, and then, and then, if it's if it becomes like nine of the thirty-two, you have to open it up. You just you've you've lost control. You've lost the the course. Yeah, you you have to go to these guys and be like, listen, this is like a no girlfriend wife situation for a reason because otherwise we're gonna have to open it up to everyone. Yes. If and then if the girlfriends are go on their own volition, I can't deal with that. But like. They are not part of any of the dinner reservations. They're right. not part of like whatever. And if I see them out, they're getting y'all are all getting disinvited next year. Right? Yeah, that's a way to do it. You can also say like, I, I, I this I I know I can I can feel this. Like they'll be like, oh, we're just gonna go to the spa, and then but then somebody's gonna want to go out to dinner, and it's gonna take the guy away from the rest of the group. And then it's then it's then you're like well now we've lost we've lost the true event we've yeah. now now it's a couple's vacation instead of the the fucking Dickies four hundred and I, I, don't I know, totally is, from but. the girls' perspective understand this yeah, like if absolutely. Will's going on a trip with twenty guys and like me and two of the other wives are like that sounds fun let's the spa's really nice there let's just go to the spa mm-hmm. I almost would make like a pointed effort to be like we cannot see them until they're in their own hotel room like yeah (laughs) like but i i get it from both sides but i also think if if you're intent on keeping this like the scramble that it is 
no wives allowed. I I think you got to say something right now. And I also would even mention it to your girlfriend or wife. Be like, yeah, this is happening. I'm kind of annoyed because obviously would love for you to be there too. Mm-hmm. But like this can't turn into a whole couples thing. Or else it's going to turn into an entire couples thing. And like maybe at some point you let that happen. But if if you want to keep the event the way it is and that's a boys only straight up golf and cigars and bourbon it it have to it has to stop yeah. now so if you're close enough with them yeah say something you say something whoever invited them into the crew gets to be the one too yeah has to be the bearer of bad news here and then i honestly think too you even like if you have a girlfriend or wife maybe even get her take on it cuz she i don't know if will came to me and was like this is kind of annoying like Dave's bringing Alyssa. Mm-hmm. I would be like, well, f- fuck, I want to go. No, of course. I want to go yeah. hang out with Alyssa. And then I, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. if I was if I was close with one of the girls, I'd be like, hey, this is like, we're kind of letting them do their own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I get why this is tough. I get why. It's annoying. I get why. I, and I, I hate like, I don't know. I When the, we get these questions, I don't want people to be think like, oh, like. Girls and guys can't hang out, blah, blah, blah. But, like, there are certain things that are sacred to your gender that you, like, if you're trying to have a guy's weekend, have just guys. Like, if you're trying yeah. to have a girl's weekend, have just girls. Like, you don't want to be the person who's, like, ruining the vibe for other people or making other people feel uncomfortable. Like, shit, I'm going to be in so much trouble with my girlfriend because I didn't bring her. Correct. You're, you're making that, people I think, feel is uncomfortable on like, that side of it. Then the guys are going to be like, well, I literally specifically told my spouse, you can't come. And now I'm going to look like a prick because so-and-so's girlfriend. Exactly. Came. That's number one. Number two is, like, if they're at the dinner or they're at the casino, it just is a different vibe. Yeah. And, like, I'm sorry if that's the and as the much as I want to say tick, like it is girls or guys aren't going to be jealous like if I am a girlfriend at home and I of find course. out that there were three girls just hanging around with all the guys I'd be like uh all right yeah cool I guess I didn't get the invite like yeah I, like it's, it's oh, you're for cool everybody. hanging out with those three girls sounds yep. great or vice versa if you were at home and your girlfriend was out and we were all out together and like one of us brought our boyfriend along you'd be like oh so you'll hang out with her boyfriend mm-hmm. but you won't hang out with me i get it i totally get it and it's it's yeah it's yeah you gotta nip this in the bud right now i agree i agree um that's gonna do it for the mail-in podcast today though sally do you have any shower thoughts before we bounce my only shower thought is that i ordered ramen mid episode and mm. i'm gonna go pick it up for lunch it sounds fantastic pumped about it very pumped about the uh the masters this weekend uh looks like we got a good one in progress so that being said Please subscribe, rate five stars, review, and tell a friend about the Mail-In Podcast. Hit the hotline, 888-362-6245. Or you can write in at the link in the Twitter bio at Mail-In Podcast. Sally, where can the people find you? Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. I am Brad Merriman on both of those platforms. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.